Welcome to the Douglas Update on Integrative Medicine. I'm Dr. William Campbell Douglas, and this is episode number one. Now, it was pretty easy to decide on the first series of topics uh, for this launch of TDU. And of course, go figure, those would be related to COVID-19 pandemic, because it has definitely spotlighted our need for integrative medicine, actually our freedom to integrate early treatments that are both effective and safe. And so that's the title for this first episode of the Douglas Update, COVID-19 Places Integrative Medicine Front Stage and Center. And I think you'll agree, listening to this first series of updates, that our freedoms to practice science-based medicine as doctors and our freedoms in general as citizens have been severely restricted. And that's what's up with that audio clip from the Apollo 13 mission. Houston, we have a problem our freedoms have been compromised. These days, it really is as if you've taken the red pill, like the Matrix movie, you have eyes to see the truth. It's the perfect allegory. Or maybe you're among the masses who swallowed the blue pill, the simple narratives. And so you're in the ignorance is bliss crowd. In that case, you've succumbed to authority bias and you're believing the programming, the fake research, the fake news that's being dished out by the supposed medical experts and authorities. I hope you're not one of those. Or maybe you're teetering in between both realms, about to swallow one or the other pill. Are you in that luminal space? Well, if that's the case, I hope this first episode of TDU might be like taking your first dose of the red pill. But first, here's the disclaimer. None of the contents of TDU podcasts constitute medical or professional advice, and no person listening should act or refrain from acting on the basis of the content of this podcast without first seeking appropriate professional advice from a qualified healthcare professional. Now, first, I'd like to set the stage by comparing some of the global death rates during this pandemic, ours here in the United States, compared to some other countries. And you can find this information on worldometers.info. And so right here, we can see that as of early 22, the estimated death rate in the U.S. from COVID-19 infections was over 2,500 per million people. Now, to put that into perspective, guess what the estimated death rate was in India per million people? You'd expect it to be much higher in India, right? Emerging country and all? Well, no, it turns out that India's pandemic problem was much smaller than ours. Their death rate is 345 per million citizens versus our 2,500 per million here in the U.S. That's a lot fewer deaths than ours. So with us, remember at 2,500 per million, that means Japan's death rate, mostly from the Delta variant back then, was 17 times lower than ours. I did the simple math, and India's seven times lower. Heck, if you think about it, if our death rate was even twice the death rate of Japan's or India's, shouldn't that be newsworthy? And wouldn't you think we'd all be asking why? But our death rate was 7 and 17 times higher. Let's let that sink in here. By the way, about this worldometer.info as a reliable source of mortality data, should we trust it? You never know who to trust these days, right? But I found from the online website Media Bias Fact Check 
that it's rated as least biased and it's ranked as high for factual reporting. Worldometers.info, check it out. See the mortality data for yourself. So anyway, what is it that we need to be asking? How about why? 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 I mean, why are Japan and India's death rates so much lower than ours? How can that be? Is it because they eat more sushi and curry or because they complied more rigidly to the enforced vaccine mandates and lockdowns? I don't think so. Here's why the lower death rates. I think it's because they're doing something we're not doing here in the U.S. And you know what that is? It's called integrative medicine. That means integrating safe and effective early treatments from all medical disciplines as long as the therapy is safe and effective at preventing hospitalizations and deaths. That's just good medicine. These other countries are integrating early treatments, including ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and they're enjoying their sushi and curry while they're at it. Now, I'll have links to the research in the show notes, in the newsletter, and on the website, but I think one of the best sources of information you'll find is the organization FLCCC. That's the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. I hope you'll check out their website and even support them because there you're going to find the really valuable research from independent researchers that demonstrates the efficacy of these treatments. Ivermectin and there's hydroxychloroquine, fluvoxamine and many other natural products that are helpful like vitamin D, zinc, and even the oil from the seeds of an herbal medicine called nigella sativa. It's also called black seed oil. I'm taking it. Dr. Douglas is advocating ivermectin. That's a cattle dewormer drug that only very strange people would take. Cattle dewormer medicine. My goodness. And you don't think we're being programmed by Big Brother? Give me a break. Real quick now, I'd like to say for our purposes, for shining the spotlight on integrative medicine, that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine really serve as perfect archetypes, both clinically and politically. And that's because they're both really powerful against COVID-19. They're essentially natural products. Ivermectin was discovered from the dirt and hydroxychloroquine originated from quinine from the bark of the cinchona tree. And the other key point in our understanding of integrative medicine is that their patents expired a long time ago. That means these two medicines have been demoted in the eyes of what we'd call conventional medicine. They've been dethroned to the class of what we call the orphan drugs. And generally in the Western allopathic conventional medicine model, once the patent on any drug expires, then it becomes just a lowly orphan. Overnight, it becomes off patent and cheap, just like that. And you may already know this, and this is really important to understand too, that big pharma, the patent drug makers, absolutely hate the safe and effective orphan drugs and the natural products because they compete with their new and expensive patent medicines and the vaccines. I mean, we can just behold our little lowly ivermectin, which may cost $10 or less, next to Merck's newly patented Molnupiravir, which costs around $700 for a course of treatment. And this sort of financial patent dynamic is extremely important for TDU listeners to always keep in mind. Okay, 
So ivermectin in a nutshell, we could probably have an entire podcast series on just the scientific evidence for ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. So for now, let's focus on ivermectin quickly as that orphaned archetype of integrative medicine and just say that even meta-analyses prove that it really does work to fight COVID-19. Now, what's a meta-analysis? These are sort of the mac daddies of evidence-based medicine, the study of all studies, I call them. And so meta-analyses have demonstrated that this one medicine alone, this one orphan drug, ivermectin, reduces the death rate from COVID-19 infections by, guess how much? Up to 83%. Yep, believe it or not. And no wonder Japan and India have such lower death rates than ours, right? And given how cheap it is, you can see how all this just bristles with huge financial and political implications, can't you? I mean... Is it really any wonder that our big pharma controlled agencies and organizations and the media and the authorities have almost essentially squashed our freedoms to integrate these medicines? This is profound, really, don't you think? The off-label use of a really inexpensive orphan drug that essentially has 80% efficacy at decreasing the mortality from COVID-19 if administered early. But again, you need to check out the scientific evidence for yourself. Think independently. And again, I hope you'll start at the FLCCC website because they are truly fighting for our freedoms, your freedoms. These are doctors and scientists like Dr. Robert Malone. There's Paul Merrick, Pierre Corey, Peter McCullough, and also Steve Kirsch and Edward Dowd. Now, he's the whistleblower who emerged from BlackRock funds. And there's even our famous attorney, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the nephew of President John F. Kennedy. He's CEO of the Children's Defense Fund. And the mainstream media narrative has Robert F. Kennedy branded as some sort of conspiracy theorist. Go figure and call the kettle how, how dare you expose our conspiracy? So are any of these people familiar to you? If they are, then you've probably taken the red pill. And that's a good thing. But the point I'm making here is that we've just got to consider the sources of the medical information that we're consuming these days, and we need to overcome authority bias. We'll talk about some of the fake research in a second, but I think we need to always be asking, like, what motive does that authority, that expert, have for investing the time, money, and energy to do research and report on the results? Does it look like it's love for humanity and pure science, or is it really just for promoting and selling new drugs for money and profits? Like the people I just mentioned, they have no ties to big pharma, zero. No conflicts of interest whatsoever between the interest of telling the truth and the interest of financial gain from the drug makers, the patent drug makers. The conflicts of interest remind me of this cartoon I received from Dr. Robert Malone, where an FDA authority is holding up and gazing fanatically at a prescription bottle containing some sort of new patent drug, no doubt. And this FDA authority says in the caption, Nine out of ten doctors on our payroll recommend this new drug. Indeed, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So let's choose our authorities wisely. Always remember that if the Douglas update is censored and we're canceled by Apple, Spotify, or Overcast, or YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, you can always find us at douglasupdate.com and on Reddit. And then, very soon thereafter, we will launch on free speech platforms like Getcher, Daily Motion, DTube, Parler, MeWe, and Minds. Yeah, the censorship, the assault on our First Amendment rights is real. Okay, so have you taken the red pill of truth yet? Remember those death rates in Japan and India, 17 and 7 times lower than ours. And do you believe me when I tell you that early treatment 
with ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, fluvoxamine, and other off-patent and non-patentable therapies really work? The evidence is there. And so what about the fake science I mentioned? It's something that's really almost too hard for me to believe that big pharma and our own medical journals and news outlets would really publish fake and misleading research. And publishing fake medical research, ah, that's about as heartless as it gets because whether you like it or not, your own doctor largely relies on just the journal headlines and abstracts in the 24-hour news cycle. I'm guilty of that too. Problem is, and nobody really wants to believe it, the mainstream medical media, the medical cartel, controls the medical news headlines. And there's just so little time for us to read the details of the actual studies. And yet your own doctor grabs onto medical headlines and incorporates them into your treatment plan. So you need to realize that the publication of fake research and the fake news about the research will directly tarnish the treatment plan that your own doctor is going to have for you. Ivermectin is dangerous. Now that's a lie. And yet those words come straight from the FDA website. And here's just one example of the fake research. On March 18th, 2022, the Wall Street Journal came out with a report essentially proclaiming that ivermectin is worthless. Now, most people know the Wall Street Journal as a supposed bastion for conservative truths, right? It's owned by Rupert Murdoch and the News Corporation. And that corporation is controlled by the Vanguard Group Funds, which is one of the world's largest shareholders of what? Big Pharma stocks. And that's along with the big boy fund BlackRock and others. I'm just saying that in our attempts to be free, to have access to integrative medicine, we need to always follow the money and ask, what are the motives and who's in control? It really gets back to the golden rule, doesn't it? He who owns the gold rules. But whether you're a patient or a doctor listening, wouldn't you tend to believe the authority of the Wall Street Journal? I sure used to. And so here's the story. The title in the journal is, Ivermectin didn't reduce COVID-19 hospitalizations in largest trial to date, but it's grossly flawed. And I just got to thank Dr. Pierre Corey of the FLCCC for these insights. The article was based on a clinical study called the TOGETHER trial, and it's packed with irregularities, to put it nicely. The biggest ones, I think, were that doses of ivermectin were way lower than what is recommended in the FLCCC treatment protocols. And even then, the medicine was administered to the patients up to eight days after the onset of symptoms. And that's absolutely ridiculous because ivermectin or any other antiviral medicine needs to be administered immediately at the onset of symptoms within 48 hours, ideally. Every doctor knows this. You want to start dosing right when the virus starts replicating, not afterward. It's like Tamiflu to treat the flu. It's essentially worthless unless you take it within the first two days of having symptoms. Yeah, so ivermectin was started way too late. Early treatment is key. It's even called the second pillar of the pandemic response. And we can thank Dr. Peter McCullough for that concept. You'll hear him at the end of the show. Yet this pillar of early treatment is being ignored and corrupted with what sure looks like fake research. And fake research begets fake news. It's no accident, I think. The outcome of the TOGETHER trial looks like it was predetermined to have ivermectin fail. In the Wall Street Journal, it's lost a whole lot of credibility at this point. And so now what? Are we doctors supposed to simply throw the meta-analyses of 15 trials on ivermectin out the window and believe TOGETHER like sheep 
in the authority of the almighty Wall Street Journal instead? Shoot, if we had more time, I'd get into the details of what's been called Lancet Gate. It's documented in Robert F. Kennedy's book, The Real Anthony Fauci, where the Lancet Medical Journal and the New England Journal of Medicine published overtly fraudulent studies on hydroxychloroquine for the treatment of COVID-19. Nobody's denying this now. You're just not hearing about it. The bogus data came from a shady corporation called Surgisphere. And Robert Kennedy even describes this Lancet Gate as the most momentous fraud in the history of scientific publishing. And I agree. This is outrageous. We should all be concerned. Just open your eyes and you can see that we're under the spell of a medical cartel, folks. And unfortunately, very unfortunately, most doctors are behaving like sheep and simply following the propaganda that's coming from the cartel. It's that authority bias, I think. FDA said it. I believe it. Yeah, I mean, doctors aren't looking at the details of these research studies for themselves and for their patients. I mean, who really has time for that? I think this authority bias also includes the fear of authorities. And there's also intellectual laziness. I think we're all guilty of that to some degree, too. How much easier is it? Let's just believe and conform to what the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, and the AMA, and even the World Health Organization proclaim as being the truth. Authority bias, it's real, and it's alive. The more I think about it, I think that it's really our innate tendency as humans to just readily trust the opinions of authority figures, the self-proclaimed experts. And it's just so much easier that way, too. It reminds me of Anthony Fauci saying, I am the science. I mean, WTF? Hey, no, Tony, I'm the science. Just go ask Bobo. Can you believe it? If that doesn't bother the hell out of you, it's probably another sign you've taken the blue pill. Authority bias. But it takes energy and courage to swallow the red pill and question the authorities, challenge them to a debate, but none seem willing. But getting back to that TOGETHER trial, Dr. Corey of the FLCCC said, and I agree with him, that the study just affirms the need for early treatment against COVID-19. And it confirms the fact that conflicted groups, the medical cartel, we can call it, continues to control the narrative, the propaganda. Yeah, big pharma, big government, big media, they're all connected. I'm telling you, we have a problem here. It's called fascism, medical fascism. Just follow the money trail, the funding sources, and the control by the giant corporate funds. And for this particular research, the TOGETHER trial, you'll connect the dots to see Pfizer, for example, which holds the patent on the anti-COVID drug Paxlovid. And of course, Pfizer also manufactures and promotes its own mRNA vaccine too. I think we've already paid Pfizer an estimated $80 billion for that. But you think that effective orphan Generic drugs like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and fluvoxamine, and natural products, which are dirt cheap, just might be a competitive threat to Pfizer's new drug Paxlovid and the vaccines. Of course, they're a threat, or they would be if they weren't orphan drugs that are suppressed through fake research and fake news. Well, looks like our time's up for this episode. Just remember Japan and India's death rates compared to ours. And always ask why. It's because they're integrating good old and inexpensive orphan medicines. 
the safe and effective integrative medicine archetypes like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and other natural, non-patentable medicines. And how are they integrating them? Early. Always remember that missing second pillar of the COVID-19 response, early treatments. If you get the symptoms of COVID-19 infection, don't delay. Get treated early. Let's also remember that Big Pharma's disinformation playbook with the fake research is very real. And the fake research begets fake news. Seems even in the Wall Street Journal now. And it's all from the lucrative and powerful medical cartel that's made possible through patent drug laws, right? Complicated, but true. And as we'll continue to see, the fight against off-patent orphan drugs and natural products and against the doctors who prescribe them, it's brutal. Just think independently. And for accurate and truthful information from doctors without conflicts of interest, please go to the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, the FLCCC. I think one thing we can say for sure, the COVID-19 pandemic really has placed the importance of integrative medicine at front stage and center. Thank you for tuning in. The title for next week is The Deception of Medical Fascism. And boy, have we ever been deceived. Find the show notes at douglasupdate.com. Check out our bookstore. And please subscribe to our brief weekly e-newsletter. And coming up, if you have the time, we've inserted a two-minute clip called What If We're Wrong? It's wisdom from Dr. Peter McCullough speaking with the Canadian COVID Care Alliance, another really good organization. They're talking about vaccine safety concerns and about us doctors who buck the authorities and the so-called experts as we prescribe legitimate treatments like ivermectin. The content of the Douglas Update does not reflect the opinions of our promotional sponsors, advertising agencies, parent company, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Hey, fellow integrators, do you want to receive a very brief e-newsletter? It's a golden integrative medicine nugget that encapsulates the essence of each TDU episode. Just go to douglasupdate.com and click subscribe. Let's talk about being wrong. I've talked to doctors in my circles, and every so often, uh, since we're the minority, we ask the question, could we be wrong? And if we're wrong, what errors have we really Made. Well, on early treatment, uh, if I'm completely wrong that no treatment works for COVID-19, nothing works. If I'm completely wrong, then I overtreated some patients that I was concerned about using my best judgment, using the best combinations of medicines. I didn't hurt anybody. I know that for sure. But I just wasted an, a treatment effort and it was futile. So that's really the sin that I've committed on early treatment. Now, what about the vaccines? What if I'm wrong in the vaccines? then I've simply expressed excessive concern over a perfectly safe and effective vaccine. Now, what about the other side? What if, what if the other side is wrong? What if COVID-19 was treatable and all those that work to suppress treatment are actually responsible and contributed to the deaths of millions and millions of people worldwide? And what if the other side is wrong on the vaccines? What if the vaccines actually do cause more death and disability and harm than they, than they have benefit? Then the mass vaccination program is contributing to the already the, the consequences of therapeutic nihilism. So, so the, the, the stakes of being wrong are so much higher on the other side than on my side. Um, you know, the way I look at it is I have relatively little to lose, honestly, from, a, from an intellectual right-wrong perspective. Um, I have relatively little to lose. And I, I, I said, I'd love to be proven wrong. But so far, every bit of data that comes in becomes more and more clear that 
that the principles of early treatment are real. And this was a treatable illness from the very beginning. And more data come in, uh, it's clear that the vaccines are not sufficiently safe for public use. Uh, and they're clearly not effective since uh, patients who are fully vaccinated are, are now the majority of people getting COVID worldwide.